We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter 3 as we continue on in our series uh, through the book of 1 Peter, Hope in a World of Hopelessness. 1 Peter, excuse me, in chapter number 3. It was a beautiful day. I'm thankful for the sunshine. Even though it was still a little bit cool, I'm very thankful for the sunshine the goodness of God. I know that we have some weather supposedly moving in, but God's still in control of all that also. And we're just trusting Him to get us through all of this that's going on. I must say that I'm ready for all of this to be over so that we can get back together, as I know everyone is. Uh, but just continue to pray that God will have His will and way done. Certainly don't want anybody to be sick and come down with any type of sickness. So take care of yourself. Guard yourself against that. And uh, we look forward to the time we can all join together again. First Peter chapter number 3, if you stand for the reading of the Word of God, verse number 12, the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Um, I, 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 I titled the message tonight, Ready to Give an Answer? Because we should be ready. Let's pray. We'll get started. <clears throat> Father, I'll just tell you again, I, I need your help. I know that without a doubt. Uh, to deliver this message in such a way that it's going to be a help to your people, we ask that you would guide and direct. We ask once again for the fullness of, this, of the Holy Spirit, uh, the power that we need, the clearness of mind, and, and Lord, just direction in everything we say and do. I ask, Father, please, uh, that you just give us um, what we need tonight that we might better live this life for you. It's crazy times. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it is. And Lord, we need the hope that the Bible talks about, that hope. I'm thankful that we have it in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, it will be manifest in our lives as we are submitted and, and uh, obedient to you in your perfect way. Help now, guide and direct. Please speak to hearts tonight, we pray, and thank you for it in Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Thank you for standing. Please do be seated. Well, we've been here in chapter 2 and 3 for some time now, uh, and we've been talking about how we are, as believers, are pilgrims and strangers in this unbelieving world, and because of that, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility, is what the Bible has taught us here in, in chapter 2 and chapter 3, we have a responsibility uh, to those who do not believe. But I think that you'll probably remember the key word through all of this has been submission. 
submission. If we're living Christianity the way the Bible teaches we should live Christianity, um, it, it, will, it will stop a lot of slandering and accusing of those that seem to be or those that are spiritually blind and ignorant of the truth. If we're really living Christianity out the way the Bible says we're supposed to live Christianity out in submission, I mean, because we're to practice, you'll remember well, we're to practice submission to civil authority and we're to practice submission in the workplace and also in the home and we are in to be in submission to one another right here at Riverside Baptist Church in our church and in our Christian life. We are supposed to be practicing submission and that should cause others to Take note that we are different. We're not of this world. We are just pilgrims. Uh, this world is not our home. We are just a passing through. And so we must submit ourselves to do these things that God says that we're supposed to be doing. And somebody might say, well, okay, pastor, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm, at least let me tell you, I have decided to be obedient to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, through chapter 3, verse 11, as we've studied all that, God's dealt with me, and I've decided to be obedient to that. And so what I'm going to do, preacher, is I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to be submissive in all the areas that the Bible points out here that, that we've been looking at. And I no doubt that's going to change my life. And I'm pretty positive if I do that, that it's going to change, uh, it's going to change everyone, you know, and, and, and it's going to change the way they look at my life and it's going to change the way that they treat me. Right, preacher? Right? Wait, 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 wait. Um, I don't want you to get the idea that um, just because you're doing what God would have you to do and living the life that God would have you to live, that unbelievers are going to come along and, uh, and say something like, boy, wow, man, I've been watching you, and, and this is so great the way you're living. I mean, I've seen the way that you operate, and I want to thank you for that. I want to tell you how much that now that I, I love you and just really want to get along with you because I've watched your life and all of this. No, that's not necessarily what we ought to be thinking that people are going to do because over in John chapter number 3 in verses 19 and 20, the Lord Jesus Christ explained how men are lovers of darkness and how they're lovers of evil deeds. Um, and so here's the real truth of the matter in all of this because I don't want you to get some pie-in-the-sky attitude because here's the truth of the matter in all of this. The more we practice living right, the more we practice doing what we're supposed to do, and the more uh, holiness that we would represent in our own lives, day-to-day -day lives, living a life that God would have us to, to live, uh, there's a good chance that the more reviled and hated we will be by some people. They'll not understand. Uh, they'll not be real happy about it. Uh, they won't really care that we're trying to live our life for God. Excuse me. But verse number 12 needs to be a big motivation to live a submissive life to the Lord. Because it says there, again, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open under their prayers. So we all desire, I think it's safe for me to say, we all desire God's care and we all desire His love, and we love the idea of Him watching over us and His ears being open to our prayers that He's there. But we have to take the Bible in its whole context, for sure. 
And in verse number 13, it's not like Peter is leaving the, uh, it's not like Peter is leaving the, the, the uh, thoughts that he has been on. Well, how do you know that? Because, well, just by the very first word there in chap- uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 13, it says, and, and. It says, and who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? So he's going to give us instruction. He's been giving us instruction. He's been giving us good instruction. He's going to give us more instruction now on how we, as believers, can deal with being persecuted, how we can deal with being treated unfairly as a result of trying to live godly. And you say, well, preacher, that's just really a shame that we try to live the way that God wants us to live, and there's still going to be people upset about that. I agree wholeheartedly. I remember when I got saved 36 years ago and my life began to change. And I thought, man, oh man, oh man, everybody's going to be so excited about this. Everybody's just going to love this, the way that God's doing in my life and all that. And I was wrong. People weren't real excited about it. I remember thinking, man, everybody's going to want this. Everybody I know is going to want this. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And for sure, everybody's going to want this. Uh, not everybody wanted it either. And not everybody was real happy with the way that God was changing my life either. They wanted me to be better. They wanted me to be different. They, didn't just, they just didn't want me to be this different. They, they didn't understand. And if you've noticed, and I'm sure that you have, this world that we live in and the society, the society which uh, we are surrounded seems to continue to grow more and more and more hostile toward true Christianity. It's not like they're loving us more and more. It's more like they're against us more and more. And some, and some are thinking and even saying, well, well, preacher, what are we supposed to do? What, what are we supposed to do? I mean, I'm living the best life I can, and now people seem to be upset because, you know, I'm just trying to live the life that God wants me to do, wants me to, so what are we supposed to do? Well, let's, live in, let's listen to what God gave Peter, I believe, for you and for me. Look at verse number 13 again. It says, and who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Um, here's what we do. Please get this. We do not allow fear to drive us away from God. We don't do that. No, 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 no. Just because people don't, just because people may persecute you for trying to live right, for doing the right thing, uh, might say all evil, all manner of evil against you falsely because you're trying to live the right way. No, no, we do not allow that type of fear to drive us away from God. We don't fear those that are not doing right. And, 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 and don't fear, don't fear that you, uh, don't fear those that want to persecute you for doing right. Don't fear them. No, 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 no. He said there, but and if ye suffer for righteousness sake. So this definitely declares that there is a possibility of suffering for doing the right thing. 
preacher, I just don't understand. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do the right thing. And man, it just seemed like, it just seemed like I'm taking it on the chin everywhere that I turn. Well, I'm sure, no, did you take note? Really, did you take note of the question in verse number 13? And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? And some people might think, and, and some people might think, preacher, you mean that there are people out there that want to hurt us for living a Christian life? Sure. Yeah. Because this world is full of darkness. Men, men love darkness rather than light. Yes. Well, I don't know why we should experience that. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Stay with me here. What if, well, Jesus did. I don't think we're any better than him. I mean, Jesus experienced it. We know that he did, don't we? Come on, we read the Bible. We know that he experienced this stuff. Peter experienced it. John did. James did. The other apostles did also. I mean, they experienced this type of thing. Why wouldn't we think that we would experience some of it along the way? But be very mindful of this. What Peter is saying here is not just stuff that's going to make for good sermon material. No, sir. But this will work if it's practiced out there in the world. It will work. What Peter is writing, he is writing from experience. He's writing this from experience. It's not like that he's just sat down, he's trying to write some self-help book. No, 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 no. God's allowed him to experience some things in his life that he might share it, share it with us, with, that, that we might be helped through that. He'd been through it. Come on, don't you just love the book of Acts? The book of Acts is a tremendous, tremendous book in the Bible. And in chapter number 5, Peter and the other apostles, they preached with great power from God. I mean, God empowered them, and they preached with great power from God. And they experienced tremendous results as they were preaching also. God moved in, did, a, did, did some wonderful things. Well, what was their reward for doing right? Well, <laughs> the Sadducees, along with the high priest, came and threw them in prison. Boy, oh boy, we're just trying to do right. Yeah, threw them in prison. But they were doing the right things. So however, the angel of the Lord came and he freed them from prison that night. Come on, remember the story? And he freed them from, from prison. Uh, and, 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 and lo and behold, the very next morning, they're back in the temple preaching again. <laughs> just, just doing it again. What are we supposed to do, preacher? Just keep on doing it again. Just keep on living that Christian life, doing what God would have us to do. Well, man, that's something, preacher. I mean, with that show of boldness, I mean, just the Lord getting them out of jail and then right back in the temple and preaching again. I mean, with that kind of Holy Ghost boldness, I mean, pastor, those religious leaders probably just left them alone after that, didn't they? Uh, nope. Nope, they didn't. They came back on them again. And they were arrested again. And they were taken before the council. And this time they wanted to kill them. They wanted to kill them. Let's just kill them. Get them out of the way. Let's just get rid of them. Uh, but, but Gamaliel stepped in and persuaded them not to do that. And so they didn't kill them. So the council just beat them. And then let them go. No, no. I mean, beat them. Horribly beat them. For doing the right thing. For doing what they knew God would have them to do. 
beat them. And let them go. But in chapter, uh, in that chapter, Acts chapter 5, verse 41 and 42, it says that after being beat, that they left there rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer shame in Jesus' name. Come on, the Bible gave us, I mean, God gave us the Bible for examples of how we're supposed to live the Christian life. And I'm pretty willing to say that there's not anybody that is a member, anyway, of Riverside Baptist Church that has been beaten for trying to live a good Christian life. I mean beaten I'm not saying we haven't taken some flack about it along the way but they were beaten and oh what they do they finally just get get scared enough that they wouldn't do it again no they left rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer for the in in in, in Jesus name and so it isn't like Peter doesn't isn't it's it's not like come on brain it's not like Peter is writing here without knowing what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. He has been through it. And, and here, back here in 1 Peter 3, he writes this, Be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Be not afraid of their terror. Whose terror? Those ones that might persecute you. Be not afraid of their terror. And somebody might say, if they could talk to Peter, somebody might say, oh, come on, Peter, come on. I mean, weren't, wasn't there some fear in your heart? I mean, weren't you a little afraid there along the way? And, and no doubt, I'd have to say that, that there probably was. There probably was. But there was something that he feared more. No, no, look at, look at what Peter feared here. It says there in the last part of verse 14, And be not afraid of their terror, need to be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. So here's what he's saying. Please stay with me here. Here's what he's saying. He says, rather than fearing men, people, fear God. Reverence God. Don't fear man. Look to God as your object of fear. He will be the final judge. It's pretty easy for me to say the world in which we're living today disdains Bible Christianity. Absolutely disdains Bible Christianity. No, no, no. I'm not talking about those that claim to be Christian but don't live it outside the church house. I'm not talking about those that wear a necklace of a cross around their neck and claim to be Christian but live a life completely contrary to what God would have them to live. Nope, nope, nope. Not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about somebody might have a Jesus bumper sticker or a little fish on the back of their car, but they take, they, they take no, no uh, uh, note of what God would have them to do every day of their life. I'm not talking about that kind of Christianity. 
But this world disdains Bible Christianity. People that are trying their best to live for God. Now, I'm not talking about, please stay with me here. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about somebody that's just always trying to shove it in somebody's face or shove it down their throat or somebody that's got some pharisaical attitude or looking down their nose and thinking they're so much better because they go to church and whatever the case may be. I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about somebody that's just trying to live a good Christian, a good separated, sanctified Godly life, the world today just disdains that. And let me give you some encouragement. I want to encourage you here along the way. It's not going to get any better. I'm trying here, okay? I'm trying. I am. I have to say that it pretty much amazes me how some today believe that we're left here to change this world. They believe that. But let me tell you, this world is not going to change until Jesus comes back to reign in his millennial reign. That's when this world is going to change. Oh, no, 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 no. This one, no, 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 no. We were not left here. We were left here as born-again believers to propagate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that others might be saved from his wrath to come. The Lord himself said, this world is going to wax worse and worse. And guess what? This world is waxing worse and worse. And it is going to continue until that time of the great tribulation. All of those things happen. Only, it's only going to get better when Jesus comes back to rule and reign on this earth. So yeah, this world absolutely disdains biblical Christianity. So, no, come on, stay with me here. So with that thought in mind, I guess you should be afraid unless you fear God. And then we don't have to be afraid. We, we, we don't have to. No, 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 no. Those that have the greatest cause to fear are those that are putting their trust in man. Please stay with me here. Those that, those that are putting their trust in man have the greatest cause to fear. Those who put their trust in leadership that is void of any godly principles, they put their trust in those who don't fear God. Let me tell you their end. Let me tell you what their end is. They're going to end up confused, and they're going to end up desperate, and they're going to end up disillusioned because any human government without God will bring its citizens to despair. It will happen that way. It will happen. And the whole point being, if you fear God, you really have no need to fear anyone else. Well, I'm doing what the Lord would have me to do. Hallelujah. Keep on doing it. Well, I'm telling you, people don't like it. Right. Don't be surprised about that. Don't get discouraged about that. God said that it would be that way. No, 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 no. The disciples were threatened and then they were beaten. How terrible that is. No doubt. No, no, I'm, I'm not making light. How terrible it is. But think with me. Because they feared God and they did not fear man their beatings and their persecution affected them differently, didn't it? It affected them differently. Come on, they rejoiced because of it. Because they feared God rather than man. How in the world 
preacher. I mean, good grief. How could they do that? Man, it goes back to verse number 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. See, we really do have to, man, it's just a wonderful thing when we get to a place and we really do begin to honestly believe with all of our heart that there is a God in heaven, that he does watch over us, that he is all-powerful, that he does know the way that we take, that he does uh, reward those who follow along the path that he has for them, that, that his hand of protection is very real, even if we are persecuted, that he is there for us. I'm telling you, we, got, we have got to get to a place that we know no matter what happens to us in this world, there is a God in heaven, and he, the end of it is going to be that we will be with him for eternity. He's watching over us. He's caring for us. He's there for us. And when we're doing what He would have us to do, it will seem so strange to this lost and dying world, but we have to put our trust in Him rather than this world or the people of this world. And when we live a life like that, preacher, aren't you worried about what's going to happen with this COVID-19 thing? Or, or, I mean, aren't you, aren't you beginning to worry about what's going to go on? No. No, I can honestly say I'm not. Um, I'm frustrated that we can't have regular church services and that we can't see the people and can't have the fellowship and all that. But worried about the future? Uh-uh. No, no, because uh, the Lord's in charge of all that. He's going to take care of all of that. Um, we can have great peace. Well, don't you fear this COVID-19? Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't fear it. I don't. I don't. I think we should respect it. I think that we should take measures as we would for any other sickness and and practicing cleanliness and all of those things, protecting whatever measures they want us to take at this time that uh, aren't overboard. I think we should do that, absolutely so. But fear it? No. No, I don't. I don't. I'm trusting the Lord that He's going to bring us through this, and it's, it's going to be better than ever once He does that, as far as for us that have trusted Him through that. And people should see that in us. And, and really, when we can rest when the storms are going, it, it, should, it should cause people to see that. It should cause them even to ask the reason for it. Look at uh, verse 15, the last part of that verse. Well, just read it. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you. Be ready to give an answer. Okay. So, so let's, let's, let's take a different view for just a second. 
Think about unbelievers. Think about unbelievers. Um, think about America the way it is right now with everything that's going on. And it's terrible. I'm not trying to make light of what's going on. Mercy, a lot of bad things have happened. Think about it in a way, way, think about the way that an unbeliever looks at it. Somebody that, that's, that's trusting in, trusting in anything but God. Think how they look at that. Um, taxes keep going up. Um, crime is definitely on the rise. Uh, morality's at an all time low. Now we have these new diseases that come on the scenes that, Seems to be taking, taking a, a, a toll. Um, because of that, we have these this economic disaster that's happening, and 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 if you watch the news any at all, I mean, it just gets more depressing and more depressing. And 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 what in what they're saying? Now we're we're talking about looking looking at the world through the eyes of an unbeliever, and they can't seem to get any real answers from the government. Just lip service. I mean, one day you hear one story, one day you hear a different story, and next day you hear a different story, and how things could be, and how things are going to be, and all these different things. And uh, for the world that we live on in, the future's not looking super bright for those. What are we going to do? Man, oh man, and what if the economy does completely collapse? And what are we going to do for food? And what are we going to do for shelter? And what are we going to do? And what are we going to do? And what are we going to do? And that's pretty much why the unbelievers look at it. But as God-fearing believers, what should be our thoughts and vision for the future? Well, how about something like this? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. How about this? Living by faith in Jesus above. Trusting, confiding in his great love. Broner, he's looking, he's looking at me. He's, trying, he's thinking, man, that guy needs to be in a choir. He needs to be in the choir or behind the choir or back behind the baptistry somewhere is where he needs to be. How, how should we think? How about this? He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Isn't this the way that we should be looking? We're, we're not looking for the undertaker. We're looking for the upper taker. We're not trusting in this world's economy. We're trusting in the God of this world. Hmm. The God that's over this world. No, no, no. And one day He's coming. Oh, glorious day. That's what I'm looking for. That's who I'm looking for. That's what I want to keep on my mind and my heart. No, 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 no. And as we keep our eye on Him and what He has for us and live the life that He wants us to live, we have a life of joy and a life of peace and a life of confidence because of Jehovah God.
the God that can supply all our need, the God that is there for us no matter what. And while the rest of the world is afraid, listen to me, while the rest of, of the world is afraid to let their money go, the believer continues to tithe and to give offerings. The believer might even increase their faith promise, giving to missions, continues to experience the joy and the blessing and the provision from giving that that, 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 that God promises them. And this world experiences hopelessness, but the believer has great hope. We have great hope. No, no, no. No matter what the papers say, no matter what the news says, we have great hope. Shouldn't we be showing that to other people? Shouldn't we be living in such a way during this, no, no, I'm talking about during this time. Shouldn't we be living in such a way that others look at, at our lives and they, they, they're, they're like, man, what, what is the reason for hope that's in you? No, 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 no. If they look at us that way, I mean, what's going to be the answer? What's going to be your answer? I mean, it's pretty easy to it's pretty easy to say. Well, 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 you know, this world, this life, this is what you have. This is what you have, and and, and I, I can't help but notice that all your hope seems to be placed in our government or or our economy or even your job. I mean, you have hope, and, and it's true. No, 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 it's true. The believer, the un, I'm sorry, the unbeliever has hope, or or as as the case might be, hopes. The unbeliever has hopes. What, what do you mean, preacher? Well, he hopes that his job holds out, and he hopes that the entrance rates don't skyrocket, and he hopes that the, the, the funds to send his kids to college will be there, and he hopes that the economy will be restored, and he hopes that things are going to get better along the way. They have hopes. But what are you going to say? How about something like, well, you know, I know that you're hoping in your world and job and our government and all that, but I'm just a stranger in this world. I'm just a sojourner. I mean, my hope is not really put in the things of this world. My hope is in heaven. Preacher, that's just, that's just, no, 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 don't, don't, don't you think that's weird? Because when they ask you a question, something like, well, well, I mean, what makes you think that way? What, what happened? Can, you know, I mean, I mean, what, what got you, what got you thinking like that? And then you can explain how Jesus came into your life. Give you that opportunity. You can share your testimony of how you were saved and how, how it changed your views completely about this life and how it changed your views about this world and how it changed your views about your views about the problems that arise as you walk through this life. Well, how do I do that? The last part of uh, verse number 15 says, with meekness and fear. 
with reverence and meekness for God. It's all about God. It's all about Him. It's all about how He watches over us and takes care of us, how He's always there for us, how how He gives us peace when nobody else gives us peace. Are you still listening to me? How He gives us joy when nobody else can give us joy. How He supplies our need when no one else is there to supply our need. You can tell them that that your hope is not affected by the the crazy, unstable ways of this world in which we live. That you're not going to let it be so because um, there is a God of heaven. There, There is a God in heaven. Let me... Let me ask you, even if you are asked what, where, 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 what, what gives you that hope, are you ready to answer? Could you give an answer? Are, are you living in such a way that anybody would uh, wonder why it's different? Is there enough difference in your life the life that you're living? Is there enough difference between your life and the lives of unbelievers that may be in your circle that they would ever even see the need to ask? Come on, the whole sermon series, uh, Hope in a World of Hopelessness. I, 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 mean, I, mean, I mean, do you possess that hope that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior? Verse 16 says this, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Do, do you have a, do you have a, um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm about done. Do, do you have a good, clear conscience when you tell people you're a Christian? Does the life that you're leading um, give evidence to that fact that you're a born-again believer? Is, is your Christianity a whole lot better when you are in the church house? Is the Christianity you practice a lot more prominent when you're under the roof in the sanctuary and around other Christians than it is when you're around unbelievers? Are you ready to give an answer? Are you ready? Our theme this year, Go Ye, See the Need, Reach the Lost, Lead the Way. Surely, with all of this going on, if you've been out and about, if you're still able to work, and surely you see the need of how the people 
need the Lord Jesus Christ. The peace that only he can give. The joy that comes from him. Are you ready to give an answer? Are you yourself, Christian, no, are are you trusting God right now during this trying time? Can you say, yes, I'm trusting God. Preacher, I'm trusting God. Are you? Are you truly trusting Him? Are you letting all of this get to you? Are, Are you allowing the other people in your life that are unbelievers to cause you to not have the peace that passes understanding and the joy that God wants you to have? Do do you allow their testimony to mess you up instead instead of you allowing your Christian testimony to cause them to wonder why you have such hope and peace? Are you looking to God for answers or are you looking to the world for answers? Because God's still on His throne. And God's still ready to meet your needs. I'm sorry, there's a lot of songs in my head. They come out sometime. Don't be discouraged. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory. And grace. We have a great God. We can trust Him. Are you trusting Him enough that other people see it? Are you ready to give an answer for the hope that you have? Let's take a minute to turn aside. I'm going to get Brother Bronner to play the piano softly. Let's take a minute to just turn aside wherever you might be and ask God to help us however He may have spoken to our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for loving us the way that You do. Thank You for the Bible. Thank You for Your timing. Thank You, Lord, that even though this world is in upheaval, that You're not. Not at all that we can trust You no matter what might happen. That even though we might suffer persecution for trying to live the life that You have for us, we can rejoice because of that. And even though it might look like things are falling apart around us, we know that You're not falling apart. And You're there to meet our need. Spiritual need, physical need. You're there for us. And Lord, I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts. I just pray the next couple of minutes people will allow you to have your will and way in their life. And we'll thank you for it. For we ask it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Braun is going to play. will not take long. Maybe you need to turn aside for a moment. Everybody, your couch, your chair.
table, wherever you might be viewing, is to ask God to help you. Lord, am I ready to give an answer for the hope that's in me? Am I living in such a way that people see the hope that's in me? Just let God have His way. We'll not take long at this.